Today, what happens when you capture a burden that is greater than you? Stay tuned. I believe that most of us are not living in the purpose and the call that God has for us. I believe that most of us don't have a clear vision of our future and our calling and our gifting inside. I believe that most of us know our present and our past, but we haven't seen it yet. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. We're talking about having a vision. Can you see the calling God has placed on your life? And we thought this would be a great time to revisit this concept here at the beginning of the new year as a kind of reset in Nehemiah. Mark, you say that significant things don't happen until someone has a vision of what could be. That's right. And usually a vision comes because we see a problem that we can't get away from a problem that burdens us and God starts to put in our heart this passion to see a future that solves that problem without that problem and uh, we call that burden God interrupts us we can't let go of it Hmm. it leads to a vision of a preferred future that leads to action that changes uh, and can change many people's lives I have a feeling you've seen this happen in your own life I have, I have. Starting at 21 uh, in the city of Chicago when God really gave me a passion and a vision for what God could do in a really rough neighborhood. Isn't that interesting? Well, Mark talks about four things today that need to happen in the making of a change agent and gaining that future vision. So let's get started with Bold Steps now and our teacher, Pastor Mark Job. About 13 years ago, Myself and a couple, a group of a few men walked into this building. Now, this building was a a warehouse. They made dental equipment. In fact, for some of their dental equipment, they had to use gold and silver because a lot of dental implants are made out of gold and silver. So, in the in the middle of this building, there's a huge walk-in safe with big metal doors where they used to keep their gold and silver. When we walked into this place, it was just a big warehouse. It was messy. There was lifts and boxes all around. And I walked in here and I started looking around. This, there was no auditorium like this. This was divvied up into warehouse space. As I started walking through the building, at first I couldn't see it. But the more I walked around, I started to say, I can see it. Now, I I can see it. Oh, man, I see it. In fact, I started to get so excited. I was saying, the children's ministry could be right here. The gym could be over there. The altar call will be right here. People will be coming to Christ, giving their life to Jesus. I can see people change. Now, it's just a warehouse. I think the team with me was getting a little, like, weirded out. Like, whoa, you're getting kind of excited about a warehouse. And some of the people were saying, I just can't see it. Nah, I I can't see a church in this place, but I felt me and a couple other guys were saying, we could see it. You see, we weren't seeing a church like it is today. We were seeing a warehouse, but we were seeing what it could look like, not what it was. We were seeing the potential, not the present reality. We were seeing what would happen once we did some renovations, 
not what it looked like in its ruined state. You see, sometimes you have to see in your mind's eye what it will look like in the future to motivate you to push forward to that reality instead of dwelling on the past or on the present. How many of you are with me today? I just want to make sure you're alive and well. I believe that most significant things do not happen until someone sees what other people cannot see. And usually it's someone that sees in the eyes of faith something that can be but isn't yet. Martin Luther King Day is a day that celebrates a man who was a civil rights activist and a man that also presented a dream when the United States of America was in the middle of social inequality and racial bigotry where there was where there were still drinking faucets that said whites only, there was a man that rose up with the movement and of a lot of other people and said, we dream of a different kind of America. And it was in August 28, 1963, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial during the March on Washington, that this preacher named Martin Luther King got up and gave his a legendary speech saying, I have a dream. And the most quoted part of I have a dream was, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will be not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Yes, I have a dream today. He saw, envisioned, uh, a different kind of America than they were living back then. And we've made some progress, but we have a long way to go yet, baby. But we've made some progress partly because people like Martin Luther King Jr. and others looked at the landscape of America and they said, what is right now needs to change so that what is in the future will be different than what exists in the present. Amen? And I believe it's partly because of the effort of people like Martin Luther King Jr. that you can look around a congregation like this. Go ahead, look around. Go ahead, look around. I'm giving you permission. And I hope that you see a few people that don't look like you. And I hope you see some color of skin that isn't like yours. Thank God for the diversity that exists in the body of Jesus the Christ. It was Martin Luther King that said the most divided, segregated time in the United States of America is Sunday morning. Because the whites worship with whites, the black worships with black, the Hispanic worship with Hispanic, the Asians worship with Asians, but we're trying to break that mold. Amen? We want to look around and say that there's people from every neighborhood, social economic status that are worshiping under one roof saying, Jesus is Lord of my life and I worship together a rainbow color of people that are coming together and what unites them is not their background, not their race, not their social economic status, but what, what unites them together is their love for Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. Amen? All right. So today I want to ask you, really, do you see it yet? Do you see it? 
Do you see what God is calling you to? Do you see the vision of not what is, but what could be? Do you see the calling upon your life, your own purpose and mission and destiny? Have you seen the picture that jolts you out of your comfort zone into an action zone? Do you see what God is calling you to do, what he's pushing you towards, what your divine destiny is beckoning you towards? Do you see it yet? Today we're going to look at the life of Nehemiah, and I'm going to only focus on chapter one, but he was a man that was interrupted by a vision when he finally saw it. It interrupted his life because when he finally saw it, it led to a vision that propelled him in a new direction that changed the course of a lot of people because he finally saw it. And so I want you to understand who Nehemiah was. Nehemiah lived at a time that was about 500 years before the time of Christ, 500 years before Christ. He was a Jewish man that had been born into slavery. In fact, 141 years earlier, the Babylonians had come into Jerusalem and they had ransacked the city of Jerusalem. They burned the temple down. They tore the walls down. And anybody that was worth anything, anybody that had social status, education, or was healthy, they took them a thousand miles away into slavery to serve the Babylonians. This had happened 141 years earlier. Then the Babylonians were actually conquered by the Persians. And so Nehemiah happened to be serving the most high-ranking person in the Persian, uh, the Persian Empire, whose name was Artaxerxes. And Nehemiah happened to be a cupbearer. Now, a cupbearer doesn't sound like an important position. It sounds like someone who holds a cup. But a cupbearer was really more important. It wasn't a cup holder. It's a cup bearer. And so here's what kings had. Kings had people that would actually hold their cup and drink and taste their food before they ate it, just in case it was poisoned. So he would let Nehemiah taste the food, watch him. If he starts foaming at the mouth, he wasn't going to eat it. And it always had to be a very trusted, confidant person. Today, we would call him maybe chief of staff, uh, someone that they trusted, someone that was close to them, an advisor. So Nehemiah, born of slavery, descent, an immigrant, had risen to a very comfortable position. He was living in the capital of the Persian Empire, a city named of Susa. He lived in the palace. It called it a citadel. He was servant to the king, so he was in a very comfortable, plush, powerful position that he did not want to lose. But one day, suddenly, he saw it. He saw a vision that would change everything. Do you know that you can be radically changed suddenly? That life can change dramatically? Nehemiah was comfortable. The Bible tells us in Nehemiah chapter 1 that in the month of Keslev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, I was in this plush palace, 
Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile, and about Jerusalem. By the way, Jerusalem was about 900, almost 1,000 miles away. It's where they came from, their homeland, their ancestral land. And they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. Verse 4, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Let me talk to you about what happens when God starts raising a change agent, because I believe there's a lot of dormant change agents in this auditorium. In fact, I believe that the power of this auditorium, when captured by a vision that's a divine vision, a vision from God, would be unstoppable. I believe that most of us are not living in the purpose and the call that God has for us. I believe that most of us are not living our full potential in God. I believe that most of us don't have a clear vision of our future and our calling and our gifting inside. I believe that most of us know our present and our past, but we don't, we haven't seen it yet. Well, Mark Job is right. Getting that clear future vision of what God has planned is crucial to helping us realize what we're supposed to be doing now. Do you see it yet? More on what needs to happen in the making of a change agent coming up in a minute here on Bold Steps with Mark Job. Right now, I want to remind you that you can always find these daily programs online and catch up on anything you've missed on the radio by going to our website at boldstepsradio.org. Or if you enjoy taking long walks or simply run a lot of errands, be sure to add the Bold Steps podcast to your mobile device and take these Bible lessons with you anytime. Just open up your podcast app on your phone or smart device, search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and tap the subscribe button. And when you do, we hope you'll leave us a comment and a five-star rating to help other listeners discover the program. By the way, you can also find additional teachings from Mark available on YouTube by subscribing to the Bold Steps YouTube channel. There you'll discover new teaching videos from Mark on various topics like overcoming addiction, dealing with anger, and the power of prayer. Log on to YouTube and search for Bold Steps Radio. If it helps, our website handle is youtube.com slash at Bold Steps Radio. Now, the second half of today's Bold Steps message titled, Do You See It Yet? Once again, here's Mark Job. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. Four things that needs to happen in the making of a change agent. Number one. A change agent is awakened when a fresh burden grows from an old problem. You see, the wall, this wasn't a new problem. The walls of Jerusalem had been torn down 141 years ago. This wasn't something that just happened. It was something that happened over a century, almost a century and a half ago. Nehemiah was born and the walls were torn down. He had never known a time when the walls were up. 
He was used to it. It was part of the landscape. It was his history. He was born into it. The Jewish people were slaves. He had never known anything else in his life but the slavery and the brokenness of Jerusalem. That was the history and the story that he came from. That was part of his life. And it had never moved him or touched him until one day. He was living in the palace. He was doing well. And then suddenly, there was a burden that struck him. Now, can I bring it to your world? Some of you are living with problems that you've just gotten used to. You've accepted it as part of your world. You're not trying to fill in the potholes. You're just driving around them. You know, it's easy to get used to a problem. You start to accept it as reality. It becomes your new normal. Some of you have accepted problems in your life and it's become your new normal. So your marriage is dysfunctional, but it's been dysfunctional so long that you're not even trying to fix it. It has become your new normal. Your son or daughter is a prodigal, but it's been so long it's become your new normal. You're not trying to fix it, change it, do something about it. Your own life is in spiritual mediocrity, lukewarmness, and you've been that way for so long, it's become your new normal. You're not trying to fix it, change it, alter it. You're just living with it. You've had that addiction for so long that you're not trying to break it, do something about it. You're just living around it, allowing it to exist. You've been in debt for so long. You've been financially broke for so long. You're not trying to fix it, change it. You're just trying to survive within it. It, it, it has become your new normal. You're not stressed by it, touched by it, wakened by it, saddened by it. You just live within it because it's your new normal. Nehemiah had been around the problem so long, it no longer touched him to know that the walls were torn down. But something happened that awakened him. Two things, a personal story and a God timing. It tells us that his brother went to visit Jerusalem. And I take this that this was his physical brother, Hananiah. And he went to visit Jerusalem. When he came back, he was moved by the atrocity, by how they were living. The walls were down. The people were in ruin. They were living in disgrace and shambles. There was no security to the city. And so someone close to him experienced something tragic very close. And suddenly, what had not touched Nehemiah's heart in the past is touching it very closely now because there's a personal story that impacted him. I was thinking about this for a second. A lot of us are blind to the problems until a story hits us close to home. Uh, you know people commit suicide and people fall into depression. But you're like, hey, that's, you know, those people that have emotional problems until your nephew commits suicide. And you're at the funeral weeping over someone that has hung himself or cut his wrist and it's in your family, someone close to you. And suddenly you realize, how could this happen right in front of us, right around us? Couldn't we have done something about it? And now 
You have a new interest in people and a new compassion for people that go into depression. For people that are struggling with the dark cloud of hopelessness and that you're taking more seriously people that are concerned about suicide and you want to take a class and you want to ask yourself, is there something that we could have done? Why? There's a story that, that touches you close to your heart. You've never given two thoughts about people that struggle with addiction because it's those people, those addicts, those drug addicts. But now you find out that your 21-year-old son, you thought he just had allergies because their eyes were red. And now you've discovered, no, it's way beyond allergies. They're a heroin addict. And suddenly it went from those people to your son. And now you're searching out rehab centers and trying to figure out how people overcome addiction and Wondering if there's support and if there's 12-step groups and who can help him out and what is out there. And suddenly you have a new compassion. You realize how many addicts there are and how difficult it is. And before you had little compassion for people that were addicted. And now you have a deep burden for those that are addicted. Why? Because there's a personal story that's touched you deeply and closely. How many of you know what I'm talking about today? The violence of Chicago. Sometimes we look at it and it says, well, it's, yeah, poor people. It hit that person or that person or that person over there. But it doesn't feel like it's our problem. About 13 years ago, the violence of Chicago hit our family very close. My wife's brother, my brother-in-law, a Chicago cop, was shot and killed. Shot in the chest, shot in the head, 47 years old. His youngest son was 14 years old when he was shot. I went to the hospital and saw my nephew at 14 and my nieces in their early teenage years in college weeping over the death of their father, lost their father. I'd always been touched by violence around but never dragged in that closely, that deeply, that intimately. It moved me to a new level of action. Why a personal story that awakens us. And not only was it a personal story that awakened Nehemiah, but was also God's timing. Sometimes our heart is not ready to grasp the vision that God has for us. Sometimes our heart has to be softened. We have to be ready to receive the new purpose, vision, call upon our lives. And so Nehemiah had a personal story from his brother, and then he had his heart that was ready by the preparation of God. It's possible, as Mark suggested, that God is nudging you today and urging you to take your next steps toward Him. In a moment, I'll recommend a resource that will help you. First, let me clarify that you're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job. If you've missed any portion of today's program or if you want to catch up on our current series called Agents of Change, you can do that when you visit boldstepsradio.org. There's no cost, of course. At Bold Steps Radio, we're entirely focused on helping you grow in your passion for God so that you're cultivating a deeper relationship with Him and drawing closer. In addition, we're asking God to help us reach more listeners like you so that people who need to hear the radical truth of Scripture can. This happens when listeners come alongside this ministry as bold partners who share a desire to impact others and who agree to support the ministry on a monthly basis. As we begin a new year, would you be willing to join us? 
our bold partners agree to give $30 or more per month and in doing so receive a number of benefits. You can sign up right now by calling 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. Or go online to boldstepsradio.org. You can also send a donation by mail. Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And when you give a gift of any amount today, we'll say thanks by sending you the book called Strength for the Journey by Dr. Joe Stoll. This empowering book takes you through six devotionals each week and a psalm for the seventh day, plugging you into the ultimate source of deliverance, the presence of God. Each devotional is overflowing with spiritual challenges, there's some thought-provoking questions, and of course, keen biblical insights, helping you walk day by day with Jesus. Discover a new sense of strength and faith right here at the start of a new year by requesting this Bold Step gift when you make a donation of any amount to Bold Steps. And if it's your first time giving to Bold Steps, we'll also send you a free download of Dr. Job's brand new 30-day devotional specifically designed to help you deepen your walk with Jesus and spend the new year getting more focused on Christ. So with your first-time gift of any size, you'll receive Joe Stoll's Strength for the Journey and Mark Job's Bold Steps with Jesus e-devotional. Don't miss out on this special New Year's bundle. Just go online to make your first donation to Bold Steps today at boldstepsradio.org. Or give us a call at 844-615-7363. And before we wrap up today, we'd also like to remind you that if you ever have trouble finding one of Mark's messages, or you simply want to explore more of a sermon series, you'll find the complete archive of Mark Job's teaching available online at moodyaudio.com. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again next time when we'll continue the series called Agents of Change. That's Friday on Bold Steps with Mark Job. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.